What is up, everyone? Hello. Yeah, surprise. This is for real. This is happening. This is not fake. And um, probably none of you expected me to ever do this. Uh, but this is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Um, and I'm so happy that I finally am able to get this project underway. Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast with me, your host, Antonio Moreno. Uh, this is something, as I said, I wanted to do for a long, long time, and I am so excited to finally get this underway. This is going to be a super fun platform for myself and for my friends and for anyone else that I bring on here to the podcast uh, to be open about everything and to just talk about whatever comes to mind, whatever's happening in the world. There's so much to talk about and podcasting really is the future. Podcasting is really taking an important role, especially in the social media industry and I think that it's definitely something that a lot of people from our generation are really finding a really specific niche in, I would say, a really uh, great way for people to interact and have an online community and be able to share ideas, thoughts, viewpoints uh, between so many different people. I think it's a great way to get to uh, know more about myself from uh, everyone that's listening, uh, from you guys' point of view, and then you know, for me to learn from everyone else's point of view, especially those that I bring on to the podcast. So been wanting to do this for a while. I'm super excited. Anyone that knows me, uh, I love to talk. I'm always very open with my opinions. I've always been a very open book. Uh, I've never been shy to uh, talk or to share any sort of viewpoint uh, or what I think or what is on my mind. And I feel like this is going to be a way for me to be more real and honest with all of you guys and everyone that's listening. Um, and I appreciate it. And hopefully this, podca- this podcast will grow and we'll be able to uh, have a lot of uh, different people come on. And I think it's going to be super fun. So I'm very excited for this. Um, and yeah, so welcome to this podcast. Uh, and I'll get better definitely at being able to uh, speak thoroughly and, you know, more sophisticated or um, I guess more cohesively as I gain more experience in podcasting. I do have outlines um, for the first couple of episodes and for every episode I'm going to have a different outline Um, and I am currently following an outline for this particular episode as well. But I want to go ahead and just kind of introduce myself. This is supposed to be just an introduction episode. I want to really just kind of introduce myself. Why am I doing this? What am I doing? Uh, Why am I even here? Why should you care enough to actually listen to me? So these are the things I'm going to touch on in today's episode. So I am super excited to finally announce the Real Deal podcast. And uh, this is going to be a really, really great experience for me and for all of you guys and for all the people that I bring on. And uh, this is going to be awesome. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And so just to kind of uh, talk a little bit about myself. So my name is uh, Antonio Moreno. For obviously those of you that know me, um, many of you may know me by my nickname, Tuan. Well, and and for those of you that don't know me by that nickname, my name is Antonio. Um, 
and uh, I'm currently a sophomore at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, uh, and I'm currently studying uh, air traffic control as a minor. My major is in aviation business administration. Um, currently, I am planning on going to the FAA Academy to become an air traffic controller. Uh, hopefully, that will happen in the future. There's a long way to go till that happens. A lot for me to learn and um, a lot of stress and mistakes that I will have to <laughs> go through. But I'm very much looking forward to that career path. God willing, I'm able to achieve that. I'm originally from Spain. Um, I was born in southern Spain in a town called Jerez de la Frontera, uh, which is a city in the south of Spain, about an hour south of Seville uh, in the province of Cadiz. Um, I was originally born there. I lived there for nine years in a town called Rota which is right on the Atlantic Ocean, uh, on the Bay of Cadiz. And um, immediately just there growing up, um, I grew up with a uh, Spanish father uh, who was born in Spain, lived in Spain his whole life, um, grew up in Seville, in and around Seville, went to the university in Seville. Uh, and my mother, originally from Brooklyn, and that whole side of the family, uh, from Long Island and New York. So I always like to say I have the best of both worlds because I have the best of Spain and I have the best of the United States. And uh, even there at uh, this town where I lived in Rota, uh, the United States Naval Base is um, their fun fact. If you ever look on a map or ever go to Spain, uh, the U.S. Naval Base is in Rota. So we have a lot of American influence in the area that I grew up in in Spain, and uh, it was certainly uh, a very interesting uh, little side note uh, growing up there uh, to just see so many different Americans um, in the town that I grew up in, even though I was in Spain, obviously. So I have the best of both worlds, as I say, um, as I like to say, and I've been traveling pretty much ever since a young age. Growing up in Spain, um, I would constantly travel back and forth between the United States and Spain to go visit my family up on Long Island, uh, and this was something that we did on a yearly basis. Uh, my mother had been living in uh, Spain for, I believe, by the time I was born, for certainly a, a number of years, certainly over five years. I mean, by the time that I was nine years old and we moved to the United States from Spain, um, my mother had been living there for 15 plus years in Spain. So she'd been living there for a while. And um, obviously on the other side of the pond, and at the time, we didn't have FaceTime. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have the technological advantages that we do today. Uh, so uh, the best way to actually see people was to actually travel. Uh, and so that's something that we did every 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 year, uh, whether it was for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, um, sometimes we'd go in the summer. I remember growing up, um, and we would constantly go visit um, on Long Island. Um, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle, I have other aunt and uncles there, cousins, uh, that uh, are all, my whole mom's side of the family basically lived on Long Island. And um, it was always a blast going there um, ever since I was young. And it was through these experiences and through these uh constant travel 
um, experiences that I was able to grow my love for aviation. Um, I was on an airplane for the first time when I was four months old. Uh, so not, not many people can say that, but, um, it was something that I definitely fell in love with. I just always loved the idea of being able to fly airports always fascinated me. I would get lost. It was like my playground. Every time we went into an airport, I would love strolling my little carry on around when I was like four years old. Uh, and I would, um, and, and I would just go to any place that captured my interest in an airport um, and to see these giant things that could fly was just something that I thought was very, very cool um, and now even more. So that's something that certainly has grown uh, since I was very young and that passion for aviation has just been um, something uh, that has never ceased to end. So I'm I'm very happy um, with you know what my life has been. Very I have a lot to be grateful for. And um, my whole dad's side of the family. Now that I've been talking about my mom's side, my whole dad's side of the family originally is from Spain. They're all from Spain. Um, my dad was born actually in the north of Spain, and he lived in um, the north for a few years before moving down um, to Seville. Uh, my grandfather, my Spanish grandfather, was actually a military captain um, in the Spanish Guardia Civil. And um, for uh, all of those U.S. listeners, uh, that is basically the equivalent of a national militia. It's not really the military, but it is the military. It's a step, I don't want to say a step down, but it's not the equivalent of what the U.S. Army is. It's basically a national militia, and we call it the Guardia Civil. And so my grandfather was a captain, and he was constantly moved everywhere, which is why my father was born in the north. And so they moved him to the north. He lived there for a few years. Then they moved him back to the south, and that's when my dad grew up um, during the 50s and 60s uh, in Seville, Spain. Uh, and so that's kind of where I have... Um, all of my different ethnic backgrounds from. I have it from Spain. I have it from the U.S., from Cadiz, from Jerez, from Seville, uh, from New York. Um, and now that I'm living in Florida, I have to consider myself a Floridian, right? So I've been living in Florida now for seven and a half years, a little over seven and a half years. And um, it it, it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it has been. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it, it, it really has been. Um, I, and I, I always tell people, I mean, I'm currently 19 years old, um, and I don't feel like I'm 19. I don't feel like I've been down here for so long. Um, I feel like I'm younger, uh, but certainly down here, um, I, I've definitely matured the most and um, certainly grown into um, into the young man I know my my parents um, certainly uh, want me to be and um, they've taught me very 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 well um, and I've learned a lot from them they've been great parents uh, and um, now I'm in college um, and it's it just feels like it's going by 
extremely quickly, uh, too quickly for, for my liking. Um, I don't know how anyone else feels about that, but um, it definitely has felt, especially since I graduated high school. I graduated high school in uh, May of 2021 from Father Lopez Catholic High School. Shout out to all my Lopez people. Um, you guys were amazing. It was one of the best, uh, one of the best times of my life for sure. Um, was all the friends that I was able to make at Father Lopez. That was just some some great times. Uh, and so I graduated in May of 2021. Shout out to you all. Uh, and uh, I've been now going to Ember Riddle for a year and a half because this is now um, near the end of the fall semester of obviously 2022 this year. Um, and uh, it's been great. I mean, Ember Riddle has been a great university. Um, the fact that I have the opportunities that I do at this university has been phenomenal. Um, I have, as I stated earlier, uh, at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I am currently studying aviation business administration as my major and my minor in air traffic control. Um, future plans are for me to go to the FAA Academy, but if that doesn't work out and I cannot become an air traffic controller, well, that's why I have a plan B. Um, and if there's anything that I could you know, tell you right now is have a plan B. Um, you need to have a plan B just in case things don't work out um, because there's a lot of different scenarios that can happen. A lot is going to happen. A lot of changes are going to happen. A lot of circumstances, especially unexpected or opportunities may pop up in the coming years. In those kind of years where you have to decide, okay, what is it I'm going to do? What is it that I'm striving for? Is it actually achievable? Um, am I willing to put in the work in order to achieve that career or that future plan that I have? And that's kind of where I am right now in my life. And it, it honestly, it sometimes feels overwhelming. Sometimes it feels very rewarding knowing how far I've come, not just as an individual, but seeing ahead at just the opportunities that I have. Like just the fact that I'm going to such a prestigious university and that I have the possibility of becoming an air traffic controller, which is, number one, a very stressful job, not an easy job to have at all. A lot of people wouldn't even try having that job. Um, and number two, it's not a job that a lot of people get into anyway. I mean, it, it the, the FA is very strict on who they hire, and you need to know what you're doing. I mean, you need to be an expert and on top of things, 24-7 on that job. Um, the fact that I'm going for this position and that I'm having the opportunities um, of going to a university like Embry-Riddle and also being able to experience things that I never thought I would be able to experience before, like being part of a, a club and being able to go to Orlando International like I did last week. Um, on November 18th, I believe it was, last Friday. And I was able to actually go, not only just see the new terminal that was built, which is amazing. Um, and I highly recommend, if you ever have international flights and those airlines go to Orlando, you need to fly out of the new terminal because it is beautiful. 
<laughs> that new terminal. Very European as well in terms of design. But just the fact that I'm able to go to Orlando, experience that, and then go on the actual taxiway and on the patches of grass right next to the runway and see giant aircraft take off like not even 100 feet from me. I mean, I don't know exactly what the distance was, but we were close. Um, that is just a very, very cool experience. Um, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. So being able to have the opportunity to do those things is something I'm very grateful for. Um, and my hard work has got me to this point. Um, my dedication to studying and understanding the importance of education um, and how I need to prioritize it in order to have a future that is uh, going to be bright and a future um, that I'll be able to achieve great things and that I'll be able to fully uh, fully understand uh, the, the, the importance of, uh, of whatever position or whatever job, um, especially the responsibility, the importance of responsibility that you need to have going into the workforce, especially in the aviation industry. Um, there is so much you have to think about. I mean, it's not even just air traffic control. Um, if you went into management, if you went into mechanics, engineering, my goodness, I mean, all of these different positions in the aviation industry are very top-notch and very difficult to achieve master status. Um, it takes a lot of years. It takes a lot of experience. And it takes learning from mistakes. I mean, in just this semester that I've been studying for air traffic for my uh, tower class, I'm currently doing air traffic uh, tower simulation and mistakes is part of the learning process especially for a career like air traffic you're going to make mistakes you have to accept it and you just have to be able to learn move on and be able to correct those mistakes in the moments that matter and that's how you become better um, so the fact that i have that opportunity uh, just to go to this university and the potential that I see in my future, um, I really am truly blessed. Um, and I always thank God every day that um, he has shown his love to me by opening so many doors. Um, and I know that my future is, is bright and um, hopefully I am able to enter the FAA Academy. If not, like I said, I have the plan B, right? The plan B is uh, to uh, go into aviation business. Uh, and I will go into aviation business. And that is a door that has so many closets behind it. Um, kind of saying it as an analogy. Uh, but basically, there are so many opportunities in aviation business. I, I mean, from marketing to flight operations to running an airport to director of airport operations to director of I mean, there, I mean, there's so much that you can potentially go for in uh, aviation business um, that if I don't end up in the FAA Academy and I don't become an air traffic controller, 
hey, it's okay. It, obviously, if that's the case, then maybe it's just not meant for me. Uh, and that is another opportunity that I will gladly, gladly take. Um, and it's a very, very big growing industry. Um, and certainly one that I also have a lot of interest in. If I'm able to go to the air traffic um, way and I go to the FAA Academy, I pass, become an air traffic controller, uh, then the plan would be to be an air traffic controller for an extended period of time. I'd like to be an air traffic controller in Europe, in Spain, um, if not in Spain, anywhere in Europe also. That, that would be great. Uh, if that's a possibility, I don't know if that's going to be a possibility, if I'm being honest. But we'll just have to see at the time. If that's possible, that'd be great. If not, it's okay too. And after my air traffic career, my plan would be, because I believe that you have to retire by the age of 56. I, I could be wrong, but I know it's it's somewhere around there that there is, if it's not 56, it's somewhere around there. That there's a, there's a limit to how old you can be and still work in air traffic control. Um, because they constantly want new people coming into the workforce. And also, you know, you have to have speed, um, quick cognitive ability. And obviously, with age, that's just, you know, that's, that's the nature of life. Um, that goes away. So, you know, hopefully I can have a very successful air traffic career. And once I'm done with that, the plan B would uh, become the second career for me. I would enter aviation management of some sort. I would like to after an air traffic career and work either in an airline or at an airport. Um, I don't know which one yet, but that is something that I would be very interested in doing and I'd like to have a second career uh, in that field if possible after being an air traffic controller. So those are my future plans. I know I just kind of went a little all over the place. But that's kind of a good picture of who I am, um, what I'm interested in, um, where I'm at right now, where I see myself. And uh, certainly I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with where my life is and where my life is going. There's a lot for me to learn, a lot for me to understand, a lot for me to, a lot for me to uh, experience especially, uh, but um, it's very exciting. Um, and as I said earlier, it, it can be overwhelming at times. I mean, it is a lot to think about. There's so much, especially now, you're just trying to figure out what is it you're trying to do, where you're going. You know, am I on the right track? Am I, am I, do I really feel like this is the right way? You just have to, I think you have to just go with the flow. I mean, I think you just have to go with the flow. And go with your gut instinct, right? And it, it, again, if you have to make changes, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. If you have to make changes, if you have to switch majors, if there's a career you thought you liked but you end up finding out that you don't like it or maybe you feel that it's just too challenging for your liking and maybe you want to do something else, I mean, there's so much that can happen, and again, new doors, new opportunities are always going to come. The important thing is, and one of the biggest things I learned, certainly during high school, is not to let opportunities pass. 
if I could say one thing that I learned from high school is do not let opportunities go to waste because any opportunity that presents itself to you, especially if it can contribute to whatever your future desires are, take it. Don't let it, don't let it pass. Don't let it, don't let the train pass. Don't just stand there at the platform and decide last minute you don't want to get on the train because you're worried that there's too much ice on the rails and that the train could fall off the tracks. Sometimes you have to take the opportunities that come and understand, well, sometimes there's going to be risk to that. It may go well, it may not. But the experiences that you get out of them are so worth it, 100%. So that's kind of where I am in life right now. And I kind of just went all over the place. But um, let me just kind of, to kind of uh, go into my certain beliefs and worldviews. Um, I, I mean, I identify those aspects as a very key part of the person I am. Um, first of all, I am a Christian. I am a devout Catholic. Uh, I believe in Jesus Christ and that he is my savior. Um, and uh, if it wasn't for God, if it was not for Jesus Christ, um, my life would be absolutely meaningless. Um, it really would. Um, whenever I feel like I have lost hope, whenever I feel that there is nowhere for me to go, when I have nowhere to turn, that is when I have God to support me and to help me. Um, and my goodness, has he done that in bunches in my life. Um, and I might as well say, it. I mean, I am actually currently writing a book. Um, it, it's not going to be done for a while. But I am currently writing a book about an experience I had um, following the death of my uncle in 2016. It was 2016 when that happened. Um and over the last year, I've been writing a book. It's nowhere near finished. Um, but down the line, that is something that I hope I'll be able to publish. Um, and the impact that a certain experience I had had on me and the impact that his death had on me. And um, it was during times like that and many others during my life um, that God really made his presence known to me. And I grew up um, a very devout Catholic country like Spain is. I mean, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but it has to be like above 80% of the country is Roman Catholic. And so I grew up from a very, very young age um, with my two parents who constantly take, constantly take me to church we would constantly pray and they taught me the importance that God has in my life and the impact he will have in my life. They helped me build my personal relationship with Christ. 
And ever since I was, well, I was going to say a young age. I mean, I was eight days old, maybe seven days old, when I first saw Holy Week processions as a seven, eight-year-old. Now, obviously, I don't personally remember what I was thinking at that point. But I have a picture of me right next to my bed when I was seven days or eight days old. I was born a Saturday, a week before Palm Sunday. I was born a Saturday, a week before Palm Sunday. And the following Palm Sunday, I have a picture of my mother and myself as an eight-day-old baby in um, in Rota. And we were partaking in the Palm Sunday parade that was going around our local town and all of the streets that were near the local parish where my parents got married, which was one to two minute walk from the house which I lived in. And so I have been very devout and very honest and open about my faith. Um, and it is a huge part of who I am. And kind of continuing on that topic of the Holy Week processions, um, I know a lot of friends of mine I've done presentations, I've spoken to them about it, I've introduced the topic to them, and it's something every time I introduce it that people just cannot believe when they see it. They're like, whoa, especially with how life-size and how realistic a lot of these statues are, and now, I'll just say that we don't obviously worship the statues. We just feel, we as Catholics, and certainly in Spain, we feel that the statues are a way that God intercedes for us. He reaches to us, to his disciples, to his children, um, through those images. And so that's something that's very, very important. It's a very important part of life. It's a very important part of culture in Spain. And so every time I show these Holy Week processions to, and certainly whenever I've shown them uh, to anyone, um, they're always amazed at, at what they are and um, how how openly we express our beliefs in Jesus Christ um, and the way that he died for us to save us from eternal condemnation. And so I grew up in a house that was originally built by my father and that house happened to be in the part of town in Rota where all of the processions would pass by during Holy Week. 
and I've posted previously pictures that I have found um, on Instagram. Um, some of them earlier this year. Um, when I was very young and I'd be one, two, three, four years old and every Holy Week I would see all of these different processions with these very live-like, realistic statues of Christ and the Virgin Mary walking in front of me. And as a two and three-year-old, the impact that that has on you is tremendous. I cannot emphasize that enough. And I know you probably, well, maybe some of you might think that I'm overreacting and I get it. It's normal. It's 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 not something it's hard for people that are not from that culture to to understand, to conceive. But I can tell you that um when I was two, three, four years old, five years old, growing up, and that's what I saw. You know, everything that my parents had taught me had a huge impact on me. But those processions also had a tremendous impact on how my faith and my belief was formed. So I'm a very proud um, and devout Catholic Christian. I mean, I, I'm, I'm anyone that believes in Jesus Christ is a Christian. Firstly, I'm a Christian, and then, you know, if we're going to specify in terms of, you know, denomination, the Catholic Church. Um, I've received all the sacraments of initiation, um, which obviously are baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation. Uh, and I just continue to grow in faith, and I continue to pray that and hope that God continues to lead me down the right way in my life, um, that he's showing me uh, the right steps uh, and uh, what his will is for my life so that I may be able to fulfill that. Um, because I know I am here for a special reason. Um, and that is something that God wants me to know and he wants me to fulfill. And so it's a huge part of who I am. A huge part of who I am. Really the most important part of who I am, if I'm being honest. Um, my life would be so drastically different if I did not know God, if I did not have a relationship with God, if I was not able to openly express my beliefs or share my thoughts and beliefs about God to everyone. And that's something that I take very much to heart. So to reiterate, very, very faithful person, and I'm a devout Christian. Um, and then I love my country. I love Spain and I love the United States. I think the United States is the greatest country that has ever existed and ever will exist in the world for its foundational principle, for its foundational principles, for the ideas that are written in those two wonderful documents that are the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and what this country represents and stands for. 
It is truly the shining beacon of freedom and democracy. And I am proud to be an American. And I am proud of our history. You have to own your history. Same way with Spain. There's always good and bad. There's always good and bad. But you learn from the bad. And you take pride in the good. You can't change history. You have to learn from it. And I've always loved this country very much. My family has shown me what it means to be patriotic. Um, and my ancestors as well. Uh, from my mom's side of the family especially, many of my ancestors who came from Italy when um, life was extremely difficult during the early 20th century in Italy. And my great-grandparents and early ancestors during that time came to the United States and they did not complain about how little they had or how little the government helped them or they didn't blame the government for what they didn't have or how difficult the process was to get in as an immigrant. And the fact that if you had any sign of a disease, you got turned around, put in a boat, sent all the way back, probably to never come back to the United States again. Certainly for many people, that was the case. And they were the happiest people ever. And that culture of patriotism has run down through my family, through generations, all the way down to me. And it's something that I take very much to heart. I have been fortunate enough to see pictures and videos of my family before I was born and having family dinners, singing patriotic songs, both Italian and American patriotic songs, and always so happy to be in this country. They would never take it for granted. Never. Um, and, and that's something that I try to always remind myself of. Is, you know, whatever happens, this is still the United States. It's the greatest country ever. Um, it is the country of opportunity. Hence, my life story. And certainly where I'm heading is a brilliant example of that. I mean, opportunity-wise, going into aviation, you're not going to get more opportunities than in the United States. You're not. And you're not going to get paid. <laughs> you know, that that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> you know, if I, if I can become an air traffic controller and I can make 120, 130 grand a year, that's <laughs> that's phenomenal. And you're not going to get that anywhere else. So just the opportunity that this country provides should that alone be enough to convince you that this is a special place to live in. So I'm a proud patriot. And I think that the United States has 
been just the example um, of what people want, not just for themselves, but for their children, future generations. They don't want government getting involved, telling them what to do. They want freedom. They want safety. And many of these issues obviously are issues that, you know, are challenged every single day. Um, and our country is going through some rough times right now. I think most people would agree with that. But we have to remember that there's a lot more in common between us than what separates us. There is a lot more in common. And just the fact that this country has been able to almost 246 years, it's going to be almost 200, almost 250 years that we've had the same foundational documents dictating how to run our society and how our country's grown in so many different aspects and the fact that this country is still here it's still going it's moving into the future it's just a testimony to the greatness of what this country is what it stands for and certainly what the founding fathers had envisioned and it just shows that what the founding fathers ended up doing they hit the nail on the head They hit the nail on the head. They created this country and were very much aware of the potential future possibilities that this country would have to deal with. The issues, the population growth, land expansion. Um, so the story of the United States is a unique but beautiful story. A unique but beautiful story. And I'm certainly proud to be an American citizen. I'm very proud to be a Spanish citizen. As I am proud of what America stands for, I'm very proud for what Spain stands for. Spain has a beautiful culture. Um, religiously speaking, in my opinion, it has the best culture. Um what religion and what Christianity means to people in Spain is is very powerful and hence why my Christian and faith beliefs are so strong. And growing up um, in Spain, everything about it there was just... I mean, phenomenal. You have the beach next door. You have all kinds of food, delicious food. <laughs> I, I mean, you could you could really just make a whole podcast episode just dedicated to food. I mean, to um, all of the different gastronomical dishes items, food, that in itself is a whole world 
that you could go into. Um, and it's something that Spanish people are very proud of. Spanish people are very proud of their culture, especially in the South, <laughs> especially where I'm from. And that might provide some reason, especially to some of my friends, as to why I constantly bring up Spain. <laughs> because it's something that is natural for us to be proud of and always want to mention it because we think it is the greatest thing ever. And it's phenomenal. That's just how people are there. Um, and I had great friends that I met. Many of them still friends of mine to this day. Very good friends. Um, my family... Love them all very much. Uh, they all live there. I have an older sister that lives in Barcelona. I have uh, family in Seville, obviously. I have family up in the north in a city called Valladolid, which is uh, in the, we don't call them states, um, but they're the equivalent of what we would call states here in the United States. For those of you listening here from the US, we call them um, comunidades autonomas, autonomous communities, is the technical, literal translation. Um, and those would be the equivalent of states. So, in the autonomous community uh, of Castilla y Leon in a city called Valladolid, I have family up there as well. I have family in Madrid. And, of course, uh, I have family in the province of Cadiz, um, in Cadiz, uh, Puerto de Santa Maria, all areas in that province. I have very close family and friends in those areas. So growing up in Spain um, made me love the country, um, what its culture was, its food, uh, everything that it stood for. Um, it's history, Spain history, Spain's history is fascinating. So many different things that have happened, uh, throughout Spain's history. And again, just like I said with the U S you know, you have to be proud of your history. You can't change it. You have to learn from the mistakes of the past, uh, be proud of the good that has been done, learn from the mistakes of the past and recognize the improvements that have been made over time to revert those mistakes. So uh, I'm very proud to be both a Spanish citizen and a U.S. citizen. Very, very proud of that. And it's something that a lot of people have because right now the United States and Spain do not have an agreement for dual citizenship. The only reason I have dual citizenship is because I was born on Spanish soil from the womb of a U.S citizen, which was my mother. So I'm a U.S. citizen born abroad by blood. Um, and because I was born, obviously, in Spain, I am a Spanish citizen. So it is a privilege that I have uh, to be a citizen of both of these countries. And um, it's something that I will never take for granted. And Spain and the United States are undoubtedly going to always be a part of my life. I am Thirdly, a very proud conservative, and um, I will be very honest on this podcast about a lot of my political beliefs and a lot of my understanding of 
what I think is going on in our country and really in the world. Um, but I am a proud conservative. Um, and uh, it's, it's something that I'm very open to admitting. And I enjoy having conversations with people that agree with me and that disagree with me. I believe in the exchange of ideas, in the respectful exchange of ideas, and in dialogue and in conversation. Because that's one of the most important ingredients in order to make sure that democracy, that the republic, that freedom, and that understanding exists and that it may continue to exist. And I think that that's a challenge that not just our country faces, but the whole world faces. I mean, you have a lot of people out there right now that simply will not accept or want to listen to any different or challenging point of view. And I think um, that those people that believe that are very stupid and are cowards if I'm being if I'm being honest uh, and uh, I think that in order to have a functioning society you have to be able you have to be able to work with people that have different experiences different viewpoints not everybody is going to agree with everything that you have to say especially back in the day it was okay to agree to disagree there wasn't anything wrong with it now if you agree to disagree it's like a mortal sin you can't agree to disagree especially in the press especially in politics especially with politicians from both sides of the aisle so I'm a proud conservative and I will always you know, stand for my conservative beliefs. But I do not see those that are friends of mine who are more liberal-leaning or who have different viewpoints on certain issues as enemies or as people I, I need to hate. I think the majority of people, and I do think there's people, unfortunately, that do not like our country and um, that do not want it to do good. But the vast majority of people want what's best for the country. We just have different ways of wanting to get there. And you have to be able to have dialogue. And ironically enough, to the people that don't want to have dialogue, you just have to tell them, okay, no, F you, we're not going to dialogue with you that that's really that's really what you have to do i mean we have to have dialogue in this country we have to have dialogue in this world in order to actually proceed down a path which makes lives better for everyone and for citizens that are living in every country across the world there's a lot of issues there's a lot of problems. Seeing everybody as enemies 
is not going to change anything. It's going to make it worse. It's going to make it a lot worse. And so I, I am very proud to be a conservative and of my conservative beliefs. And I value the respectful exchange of ideas. And that's one of the reasons that I'm going to bring people onto the show. Um, people that agree with me on everything, people that agree with me on most things. And I'm sure there'll be people that'll bring on here that they'll, they'll disagree a lot with me. But I enjoy conversation. I am a people person. I've told this to many of my friends and my family knows me very well, obviously. I am a people person. I enjoy speaking with people. I enjoy getting to know people. I enjoy getting to know their experiences. I enjoy getting to know why they think what they do. I may think that they may be wrong. I may try to convince them otherwise. I might think that they're misguided, but I don't see them as bad people because of that. And I think that's something that everyone needs to keep in mind. So that's um, that's something that I've always cherished, and um, I love being able to speak with people, and I can talk with people for for so long. I mean, everyone that knows me knows that I could talk forever. I mean, I I could be hours upon hours talking about whatever. And not be bored. And it's just one of my character traits. Um, I've always been a very verbose human being. But I take pride in that. I know that that's part of who I am. And I live with it. And I use it to do something good. And I think that. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I, I wanted to do this for a while. Um, not just to share my opinions, my ideas, my views, my thoughts on everything that's going on. You know, sports, politics, current events, news, aviation, you name it. We're going to talk about everything on this podcast. And um, not just for my views and my opinions, but for whoever I bring onto this podcast. And that's something that I'm very much looking forward to. And I think all of you are going to very much enjoy it. And I hope you do. And now let's go into what the plan for this podcast actually is. So um, this is going to be a weekly event. That's what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming to at least post a podcast once a week. Um, If time permits, maybe twice a week. But I'm going to try for once a week at least. And that is not a guarantee. And I'm sure as most of you know, things happen. Being a college student is not easy. A lot of things pop up. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be times where maybe I'm a little bit longer with putting up an episode. I might be two weeks within an episode. Don't panic. You know, don't set the fire alarm. Everything's fine. Um, but life happens. So uh, I'm going to try to post a podcast a week. If I can twice a week, that'd be great. I'd love to do it. 
but realistically once a week is what you can expect in terms of um, an episode for this podcast. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about all different topics, sports, politics, current events, news, religion, daily life. I mean, I may bring on friends here and we might just talk about everything that we've been experiencing either this semester, this past week, or funny experiences we've had or memories. Um, I want it to be open. Whatever comes to mind, whatever's going on, whatever myself, and if I have guests on, whatever we want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about. So it's meant to be an open podcast. Hence, um, if you've already followed the podcast social media, um, that's why it has, you know, on Instagram, that's what the 360 stands for, because we're going to be talking about everything. Encompasses everything. Um, it's wide open. And I didn't want to make a podcast that was specifically oriented in a certain field or a certain topic. One, because I feel that I'm somebody that doesn't want to be confined to just talking about one specific thing because I have so much I feel like I want to talk about and there's so much to talk about. So many interesting and fun things that you can talk about. Um, Especially with the World Cup going on now. And that's going to be the next episode, by the way. So stay stay tuned for that because that is going to be all of my World Cup thoughts, predictions. Um, and I'm very excited to sharing all of that with you. But um, I wanted to keep it open uh, just so that whenever people come on to the podcast, uh, they're able to share you know, whatever about anything. I want it to be open. I want people to be comfortable when I bring them on here. And that's something uh, that I take very seriously. Um, And um, I think being able to just have a microphone, talk whatever comes to mind, and being honest. This is where I'm going to be the most honest with all of you guys, all of you listening. And uh, it's an opportunity for me to kind of give you a different, more in-depth perspective on everything that I, th- I, th- I think and uh, of who I am as a person. So I want it to be an authentic version of me. That's what this podcast is going to be. It's going to be a very authentic version of myself and those guests that come onto the, onto the podcast. I want this to be enjoyable and fun. I want people to be able to come back to this podcast, um, be able to relate to it, be able to enjoy whatever we discuss, uh, be able to take away important insight or things or opinions, um, reflect on them, whatever is spoken about in these podcasts. Uh, and I want to grow a community with it. I want to grow a community community with it, with my friends, with any, with any new listeners that uh, may be tuning in. Uh, and... Uh, anyone listening, I very much appreciate it. So thank you so much. Um, and hopefully this is something that can continue to grow and we can form a really strong, fun, exciting, vibrant, uh, community through this podcast. Um, I will say I'm going to make the effort of not cursing. I I don't want to be constantly cursing, but if it's natural and it comes out or you know, if, if at any point, you know, I, I, I don't see any times that we're going to get, you know, anyone's going to get heated or myself, but 
if it comes out naturally and maybe once or something in an episode, then, you know, it is what it is. But, um, I'll, I'm going to certainly make the effort, uh, not to curse. And I, I'm usually not a person that curses a lot. I, I do curse sometimes in real life. I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'm very honest. I'm not perfect, but, um, but I'm going to make the effort to not curse in terms of bringing on guests. Um, you know, that'll be a little bit down the line. I'm going to try and get a few just episodes of different things of myself first. I kind of want to get a feel of what it is, um, of doing a podcast by myself, getting used to it, getting used to talking to a microphone for however long I end up talking to a microphone. Um, I can already tell you this episode's gone way longer than I already anticipated it to be. I thought this was going to be a 30, 40 minute episode and we're already like above an hour. Um, so that just goes to show you, as I said before, I love to talk. So <laughs> uh, there's your evidence as to why I'm doing this podcast um, and why I was very much excited to do it in the first place. But in terms of guests, I'm planning on bringing on one to three guests at a time. Um, I have purchased uh, a total of three mics. If a fourth person happens to come on, I'll purchase another mic. But right now, I think you know we'll, we'll have about one to three people on the podcast if there's ever any guests um, on on the podcast. Um, as I said before, you know whoever comes on, friends, family, whoever. We want to be open, be able to talk about whatever comes to mind, uh, anything that interests us, myself and the guests. And it'll be a way for us to spend time uh, in a new, different way uh, and have an engaging, thorough conversation um, in just open dialogue. And as I said earlier, I'm a very big fan of it. I love being able to talk with people about different things and see what they think. Um, or uh, talk about their experiences. And um, I want this to be a, a fun, uh, I want this to be a fun, very uh, open-minded, insightful uh, podcast. And uh, I hope that every one of you can enjoy it. Uh, and uh, certainly I hope uh, that you all, um, you know, can support all of my friends that have always supported me uh, you guys are amazing. You guys are a huge part of my life, uh, and I cannot be more thankful for that. Um, and um, I hope and uh, I pray that uh, this podcast will be able to um, impact people and uh, that this can be uh, a community that we build and uh, something that moving forward um, – I think it's going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I, I, I've always wanted to do this. It was just trying to find the right time. It was all timing. I was trying to find the right time to start a podcast because I needed to invest in time of researching how to start it, what I needed to do, what I needed to purchase. Um, realistically, am I going to have the time to do it? Now I think I have the time. Um, also, you know, being able to mentally commit and say, okay, if you're going to do a podcast, you actually need to commit yourself to doing it. Not just, you know, post one or two episodes, you know, early and then you don't post again in three months. No, you, you actually need to 
commit to it, right? You need to be truthful with your viewers on what you're going to do. Um, and you need to be honest with your viewers. Um, and um, so that's what I intend to be. Uh, that's why I always intend to be. Um, and uh, uh, I think that this is going to be a great success. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, finally, just want to bring up the um, uploading uh, information. Uh, where is this going to be? Where can you listen to it? Um, it's going to be on Spotify. Um, I, I don't know if what's going to happen, if it's going to go on Apple Podcasts, if it's going to go somewhere. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Right now, it's going to be on Spotify. Right now, it's going to be on Spotify. So go ahead, subscribe to the podcast, listen to it, um, share it with all your friends, share it with anyone uh, that you may feel may be interested in listening uh, and forming uh, and being a part of this community. And um, I'd very much appreciate that. So Spotify is where it's going to be. Obviously, you know, wherever it goes or whatever changes happen to the actual podcast, that is absolutely something that will let all of my listeners uh, know immediately as soon as I know um, or as soon as something changes. So I'm always going to keep you guys up to date. I'm always going to be real with you guys. Uh, I'm always going to be very truthful and honest. Um, that's something that I always try to be and it's something that I, I think characterizes me. So uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. So uh, go and follow the Instagram uh, uh, for this podcast, The Real Deal Podcast. Um, go follow the Instagram account at the real deal, all lowercase, underscore 360. That is the real deal, underscore 360 on Instagram. Every episode um, and its topics of discussion are going to be posted on there. All updates for the podcast are going to be posted on there. So make sure to stay tuned and stay updated. And I want to hear from you on what I can do better, what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, do you like lengthy podcasts? Do you prefer them to be shorter? Um, let me know. Whatever your thoughts are, to all of those who have my number, feel free to text me. I'm not going to share my number here because I don't want however many, you know, 100, 200, whatever messages on my phone. Uh, but that's why I have an email for the podcast. So anyone who has my number, feel free to go ahead and uh, text me and let me know your thoughts on the podcast. And uh, to those that don't, feel free to email uh, myself. Feel free to email me at realdealpodcast360 at gmail.com. That is realdealpodcast360 at gmail.com for any suggestions, tips, advice uh, that you may have uh, or things that you may want to see. And I'm going to be doing Q&As down the line as well from you guys um, so that you guys can go ahead and submit any of your questions and I'll be happy to answer them. And I want to be able to interact uh, with all of the listeners for this podcast. So those are all, those are all of the social medias for right now um, and where you can go ahead and contact me let me know whatever you guys think about the podcast so i hope you guys enjoyed and stay tuned for the next episode as i said earlier in the podcast the next episode is gonna be a banger it is on the world cup going on in qatar i have so much to talk about for that it's it's 
it's been so exciting. Um, right now, it's just been a couple of days into the tournament, so I'm going to be sharing my World Cup predictions, who I think are the favorites, who I think are the dark horses, what I think of the tournament being held in Qatar, and so much more. So stay tuned. Next episode is everything on the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. And let's hope that the United States and Spain, well, Spain for me, uh, and to any of my Spanish viewers, and to all my U.S. listeners, <laughs> viewers, um, actually listeners, um, mental note to self, uh, listeners, to all my U.S. listeners, let's hope the U.S. does well. And to all my Spanish listeners, let's hope that Spain does well as well. So thank you so much for tuning in, for tuning in and I hope to catch you on the next one. FIFA World Cup in the next episode. Feel free to share this podcast with anyone you know, and let's get this thing on the road. I am so excited to start this journey with you guys. Let's go. Next episode, World Cup. See you soon.